All right. Um, okay. Hey, uh, so today's going to be a little different if, you, if you've uh, realized already. Today we're going to invite a few moms to come up here, and we're going to just have a conversation around this. And, and, and it's not this idea of like, it's not like FUBU. It's not like four moms, like from moms, four moms. All right. So, uh, but it's also not, uh, it's not just two moms. It's for all of us. The whole idea is that there's some lessons that you can learn uh, just when you become a parent. Right? I remember when, uh, when our firstborn uh, was born, it was like a surreal experience. Some of you guys that are parents uh, remember uh, this moment. I was very clear uh, with the doctor that I did not want to cut the umbilical cord. And so he goes, do you want to do it? I was like, no, 100% no. That's like final answer, right? And so, uh, but when uh, Brooklyn, uh, you know, emerged from my wife, and I'm like, oh my gosh, a human just came out of my wife's body. This is the weirdest thing ever. You know, and some people are like, it was beautiful, and I cried. I was just like, this is so weird. Um, and so, uh, in, the, in the shock of it all, uh, baby came out, they clamped the umbilical cord, and then the doctor just hands me the scissors and says, there. I was like, okay. And then I just cut. I'm like, I'm not even going to argue. I don't even know what's going on right now. This is a surreal experience. But then when he then handed her to me, and she looked like she had, like, clay all over her, you know what I mean? Uh, and it was just like some, like a, a, a switch flipped, right? Some of you guys are parents. Remember this moment. It flipped in my head. And all of a sudden, priorities shifted, legacy, uh, what mattered, the, this kind of, like, protector, whatever I need to do, whatever – I need to sacrifice for this child. This kid already is like the most important thing in the world and that has done nothing to help anything uh, or has done nothing to add value in the world, but yet is the center of the universe. Uh, now everything changed. And the weird thing was scripture actually became different. I read verses differently. When, it, when the verses talked about God as father, like Jesus could have said anything, I used any word to describe what God was like, but he used father. I'm like, I understood it. I understood it. Not because I was a perfect dad, not because my dad was a perfect dad, but because I understood in, intuitively, understood what the father's heart was supposed to be. And now my aim was to live up to that. And so the goal of this morning is to talk to these moms uh, and tell, what did you learn? What were some great moments? What were some hard moments? And I think there's going to be lessons uh, for all of us. So if you'd help me welcome Kathy and Nad and Ariel uh, to come up and do a little dance for you. So, all right, let's, let's start uh, with this. Whoever wants to go first, here's, here's the funny thing. Uh, I, I can't speak for my wife, but I know uh, Ariel and Kathy hate this right now. So this is like the best thing uh, ever. What's cool is they're both uh, elders as well. So, uh, look, these gals aren't perfect uh, by any means, but uh, they, they love God. They love you guys, and I think they love their kids. And so... <laughs> So we'll find out. So whoever wants to go first, uh, say your name, what you do for a living. Tell us about your family a little bit, and then uh, how you came to the church. I've been elected. Actually, it's kind of nice because I can't see you all. So I'm just going to pretend you're not there. Um, I'm, I'm Arielle West, and I work in compliance at Charles Schwab. I have two children. They are Elijah and Naomi. They're 9 and 10. And what was the other question? Oh. Um, we found Voice, we had just moved back to the States before Voice launched, like two weeks or three weeks before. But we found them on, on uh, Instagram. 
<laughs> and then we met up, and Taka and Elijah, or Elijah, Eric and Natalie had dinner together, and we decided to start attending. I'm Natalie, I work here. Um, <laughs> I think you all know me already. So um, we found voice because we started it. Uh, <laughs> um, so we have two kids, Brooklyn and Kaya. Kaya's actually in here today. She normally watches all the babies, but um, she's probably hating that I'm calling her out right now. But um, she normally is like with the babies, but I think she came in for me today. So love you. Um, and then Brooklyn, who's I think with the other kids now. So, <laughs> so was that it? That's all the questions. Okay. My name is Kathy. Um, I'm a quality control supervisor and a dental manufacturing company. Um, I have my daughter, Brooklyn. She just turned five. Um, and then we actually attended Taka's last service at his previous church, and we kind of followed his journey on Instagram and then just started part of their, um, their group before launching. So Instagram is a big part of this <laughs> church, and so is the name Brooklyn, apparently. So uh, what's been your favorite part of being a mom? Whoever can go, or I'll start calling names. Um, for me, I think just reliving really fun stuff that I enjoyed as a kid and just seeing it through her eyes. Um, and it's just kind of like redoing it for brand new through her eyes, and it's just been fun. Yeah, I was going to say being able to witness their, like just learning things, being excited over things, being able to teach them things, all the snuggles. Mine's very superficial. I liked dressing them up when they were little. Um, I was like waiting. They're like my life-size Barbie dolls. So <laughs> that's very superficial. No, that's not my favorite. But one of them, one of my favorite things. Um, no, um, I guess the other favorite thing would just be getting to watch them grow up and seeing how cool they are and just how unique they are. And Yeah, it's been really cool to watch them become their own person. Yeah, and be very confident. Uh, especially in the middle school and high school years. Very confident and many times confidently wrong. It's been really fun to watch. <laughs> uh, Ariel, a little birdie told me that you have a story uh, about a fire alarm. Yes. So I had, um, I think my kids were probably like one and a half and almost three. And we went to a little water park area at a mall so I've spent, we've gone through nap and have had so much fun. And then Eric texts me that he would like me to pick up food. So I went to a place called Noodle Box there. But we go in, I've, I've got them contained. You know, someone's crying in my arms. The other one I'm trying to keep near me, try and tell the lady my order. And Elijah wanders off and he pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> and it was so loud and I felt so embarrassed and awful the restaurant's full of people they're all in the different you know various stages of having eaten their meal and it's so loud and it went off for like an hour and a half before the fire department came and we couldn't leave because we pulled it so I'm just sitting outside with all these workers inside who have to have the noise and people coming in and out and I was like oh my gosh this is awful <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> so I I almost got one of those backpack things that you just leash them to you but from then on I had all the hands and I didn't ever let go of anybody in a place <laughs> don't want to do that again 
<laughs> you know, uh, I remember before we had kids, I used to make fun of, you know, like the parents who have the backpacks on their kids, but they're like a leash, right? I'm like, that is so ridiculous. After having kids, I'm like, that is so smart. <laughs> that is like the, the best thing uh, ever. So anyways, okay, so there's some questions that these girls know about, and then there's questions that they don't know about. Uh, so this is one of those that they don't know about. So uh, here's a, a question. Tell me about uh, a spiritual mom uh, in your life and the impact they had on your life. Because I think sometimes we think of biological mom as the only way to make an impact. But m actually, my youth pastor for probably a decade uh, is, a, is a woman. Uh, she still is a woman. And <laughs> uh, she was a uh, trailblazer because it was she grew up in a denomination where women were not really allowed to lead. But she had a huge, I would not be here today if it wasn't for her. So uh, she wasn't a biological mom, but she definitely was a spiritual mom, made a huge impact on my life. So whoever wants to go, talk about someone who made an impact in your life, a spiritual mom. I'll go. Um, I would say, um, uh, none of you really know her, but her name is Erin Campbell. And... Um, I just remember her being there for me so many different times, especially as a um, high schooler. Um, she was one of them. She was always there, and she was, like, a, a counselor. And so she would always, like, you know, she never asked, like, normal questions. It, not like, how are you today? She was like, I heard you were going through this. How is your soul? And I'm like, <sighs> she's the kind of person that, like, forces you to think about things and really answer from like the depth of your being but it was really good for me because it helped me to just like actually process through a lot of things and she always knew what to say so yeah yeah she would ask how are you really like she would pause really and that that little pause and really made all the difference in the world you know so kath ariel put you on the spot I think I can't, I just had many throughout a journey. So at our first church that we were at, the pastor wife was Terry Watkin. But she just, you know, we were youth pastoring there. And she just took me under her wing. And I kind of began to see how she went about being the pastor wife and what she did and how she did that, that job. And, um, I mean, she's still in contact with us today, still wants to know how we're doing and, um, Again, like throughout that time, then we've got someone named Kathy Bissett. She was a missionary we met when we were out um, working in Uganda. And she's still, I mean, we're 12 years or 10 years into that relationship, still messages me. She messaged me this morning and told me happy birthday, or sorry, happy Mother's Day. But um, just the, the person who is just always there, again, to ask you how you're doing and how are you really doing, and also to see she can see how you're really doing, you know, so she can say, hey, you, you're looking like you might need to come sit down and have a chat or something. Um, so there's, but there's been women like that all throughout the way. So I'm very blessed to have had multiple people along the way. I think it's been the same for me. There's not been one person throughout my whole life, but several women. I actually got to do like an internship as I was doing my ordination journey to get ordained. I was doing an internship with our previous pastor and it was nice to because I think back in the day you would always see like a wife sit down in the pews and just kind of be there and really wasn't ever in the pulpit or 
you know, shared much. So it's been nice to see, like, good women of faith that have strong um, beliefs and also preaching the word of God. And even Natalie, she's been super, super um, encouraging this, like, last season um, of my life. And it's just nice to see women of faith, like, you know, coming up within the church and not being afraid to speak out and preach on a Sunday and stuff like that and just encourage other women to, like, also go after their callings. All right, so what's been the greatest challenge as a mom or one of the greatest challenges as a mom? And then how did you overcome it or have you overcome it or maybe you're still kind of battling through it? And then what lessons has God taught you through it? So what are some of the greatest challenges you've had? How have you overcome it? And then what lessons has God taught you because of it? I'll go first. <laughs> um, for me, Can I you sing your answer? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I was just telling Ariel about how people, when they think I sing on a Sunday, I think I'm comfortable singing any other time. And I talked to Joe about this, too. And I'm like, no, it's only on Sunday. I don't know how I do it. But any other time, like, I will not sing for you. <laughs> but for me, I think um, the hardest part about being a mom has been, I think, attributed to, like, social media and you know, everyone posts on social media all the like, wonderful things that they're post posting about their kids' birthday and their like uh, lavish birthday parties and like all the how their kids are dressed and their amazing lives and stuff like that. And then for me as a new mom, I found that to be like really discouraging at times because I was like, oh man, I am need to step up my mom game because these women are blowing it out of the water. Um, so just comparison to like everything I saw on social media was super hard. And then just for me, growing up, I think I had this like beautiful picture of what a mom should look like and what I would be as a mom. And then for me, I expected to be like a stay-at-home mom in a beautiful house I would like take care of and my children would be, you know, perfect and I would do all these fun things with them. But then for us, financially, that just wasn't a part of what we could do. I couldn't stay home. I had to go back to work. Um, and I went back to work super angry and did not want to talk to my coworkers. I'm like, Ugh, I have to come back to you guys instead of staying home with my child. So not only was I fighting this like view of comparison to other moms I saw on social media, then it was so difficult to see like, God, I really want to stay home with my child and I'm not able to do that. And then I have to have someone else raise my daughter and doing things that I um, want to do with her. You know, I remember the first time, I, mean, I don't know if it was the first couple weeks um, that we left Brooklyn with his mom. Um, she sent us a picture of her at the park and I was at work and just started sobbing. I was like, I wanted to be the first one to take her to the park. Why? So it was, like, so hard. Just little things like that. I'm like, I'm missing out on things. Like, God, why did you not allow me to stay at home with my daughter? Like, this is not how I envisioned being a mom. Um, so I think that was, like, the hardest part. Just, like, you know, God, this is not how I planned it. What happened? Um, so just, like, fighting that. Um, but I remember, like, I think in a few years ago, that song, um, Nothing Else, came out, and it just, a, a part of the song says, um, I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I've forgotten you're enough. And that, like, really spoke out to me that sometimes, like, for me, I'm such a planner, and I like to, like, have things organized, administrated properly. Um, so for me, my life was not coming out how I envisioned it to be. 
So, but that kind of brought it into perspective about, God, I'm not really allowing you to tell me and guide me. I'm just wanting you to do what I want you to do. So just remembering, okay, God, you're in control. And then even I have like a little post-it in my my window, um, in my dash, and then it just says, um, has the Jeremiah 29, 11 verse in it. It says, I know that plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future. And I try to like remember that anytime when I'm struggling to like when things are not going my way or like motherhood is not looking the way I want it to look like, I try to remember that and bring me back into like, okay, God, your timing, your plan is better than mine. That's good. That's good. Um, I think one of my, well, what, my challenge in life is change. I don't adjust well, or it takes me a while to adjust to change, but that is parenting. They change all the time. It's like there you finally got them sleeping at the same time or napping at the same time or eating at the same time, and you feel really proud of yourself, and then it changes the next day, and it's not happening. And so I think, um, you know, just remembering times when they were little especially, but you're just exhausted and nobody's doing what they're supposed to be doing or what you're needing them to do. And just having that constant change, it still is hard because they're, they're only 9 and 10, so they're still, discipline has to change all the time. Like, this worked yesterday, it's not working today, but um, <laughs> it's not, it's awful. But they, um, in going through so much change, the constant has been God and my quiet times and being able to just come back to knowing this consistency that he never changes. And um, in all of our different, when we've moved a few, quite a number of times with our kids, so it's just getting to a new place, trying to reset up life again, you know, unpack, get people back on a schedule, and for it to be so hard for me to get through that, going into those, my quiet times has just helped to settle my soul and be able to have this constant, that's running in the background of all of this parenting challenge of the continual change and the change with them as they grow up. Okay, so I told you guys that um, I was pretty superficial about, you know, dressing my kids up when they were little. Um, so I'm not even joking. Um, Brooklyn, my firstborn, is such a flower child and I grew up, when I became a mom, I was like, I'm going to dress them perfect. They're going to be in these beautiful little dresses and buy these perfect little coordinated outfits. And pretty soon, like, you know, kids don't really go by that. Like, they don't want to put ever, like, whatever you put them in, they're like, this is too scratchy or I don't like that color or whatever. So it did not last very long. It was like, as soon as she could, like, start putting her clothes on, she was like, no, I'm doing my own thing. And um, that was kind of the beginning of things with her not going the way I thought they would go and thinking I could, you know, make her go in my certain direction. And um, she was always the little kid who wanted to, like, put on, like, a plaid shirt and, like, a polka dot pants and a skirt. And she had, like, three extra pieces of clothing that didn't match or make any sense. And I was always like, what is this? <laughs> Um, and then one day I, I was like, Brooklyn, you got to go change. Like you have holes in your pants and 
Like, she didn't care about any of that. (laughs) So I remember one day the Lord just being like, Natalie, like, just let her be. Like, let her be who she's going to be. And it it does not kill her or hurt anyone for her to just wear what she wants and feel comfortable in. And so um, just watching her grow up, that has been, like, the theme of me in Brooklyn. Like, she's teaching me a lot because, um, you know, all throughout school, she just was, like, her own person. And she, we we couldn't figure out, like, all of her teachers were like, she has a really hard time, like, transitioning because she's always reading or drawing. And we were like, what is going on? Like, we would try to get her to be more organized. And she was, like, just her own person stubbornly being more interested in art and reading than anything else that was going on. And so we ended up finding out, like, later on that she had ADD. And so it kind of explained some of the, like, mismatch and all of that. But um, once we, like, figured that out, we are like, oh, my gosh, it makes a lot of sense that she has ADD. But what I started noticing was that um, – her ADD actually really allowed her to, like, hyper-focus on only the things she likes. And um, so we ended up being like, hey, this is actually kind of like your superpower. Like, you being you, like, hyper-focusing on the things that you like and that you're passionate about makes you amazing. And so I just kind of had to just be like, I'm just going to let go. I'm going to let you be yourself and stop trying to, like, put you on this path that I think you should be going on. And she is, like, the most amazing artist. I don't know if you guys have, like, she has her, she just, we just finally now gave her an Instagram. She said she's almost 17, so we thought she could start posting her art. And she's, like, she's, like, obsessive about her drawings. And she's, it's, she really still does in every class. She'll finish her work fast so she can hyper-focus on all of her art. But she's, it's really paid off for her. She's like on an art like path now at school, and she won a competition with um, bands designing his shoes and skateboards. And she's already like doing all kinds of amazing things. And she won a contest at school for like designing a shirt. And so I'm like, she's still really unique. You'll see her today. She's like wearing the most unique outfit. She's like bright yellow pants and stripy shirt. And I'm like, I love it. Now, I'm like so, I love her being her now um, and just letting go of like me trying to make her be somebody else. Um, And it has helped me even like to see my own self in a different light too and just let go of what everybody else thinks that I should be as well. Um, So she's taught me a lot about just being totally comfortable in my own skin and not worrying about what everybody else thinks I should be doing, but instead just like allow people to be themselves and allow yourself to be yourself without shame. And so, um, yeah, it's been the coolest thing to watch her just become, like just let her be her and watch her just like blossom into that person. So That's good. Okay, last uh, question, then I have a few lightning round questions for you. Um, <clears throat> if you could leave one message with this room from a mom's heart, what would you want them to know? One lesson. Thankfully, we got to prepare for these. Um, <laughs> the I had a time with my children where I was, you know, one day I'm making Play-Doh, 
and they're like having tantrums and crying around my feet and I'm trying to tell them, I have this really good thing for you. Just have patience, it's coming. And in that, you know, after we got through this, I've given them their Play-Doh, we're all sitting down and hanging out and I just start to realize where, you know, God being my father, putting myself in the situation, I'm the toddler throwing the tantrum because I didn't get my way. And God's the father who has this plan, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, she just said that earlier, but this plan for me that he's here, he's making this good plan, but I'm, you know, having my own little tantrum around. So just seeing myself in my own spiritual maturity as the toddler helped me to, not, I mean, assess where I was at, but then to work towards my spiritual maturity and Growing pains are hard. Becoming mature is hard. You get acne. You have a weird voices come out of you. You know, you get awkward around people. And what I would encourage you with is just taking every once in a while that time to step back and see where you're at in your own spiritual maturity and where your walk is currently with the Lord. And it's part of our responsibility to, to grow in our maturity and to take the steps forward to grow but as God being our father, like we would with our own children, as they're maturing, you're, you have, you're putting a support system around them and pushing them in one direction or another and leaving them, you know, different tools in order to help. And that's what the Lord has done with the Bible and with church and leadership is he's got the support system there. So it's us just taking advantage of that, assessing where we're at, and then being able to work on our own maturity, um, yeah, through just through what the Lord has given us, through voice, through things you can do around, through people in your life. Yeah. For me, it would be, I encourage you to surround yourself with other women that are like also moms. I feel like for a while, like I <clears throat> am very introverted. Um, and I didn't find the need to, like, have friends or, like, really, like, socialize. I'd rather just sit in my house and just be comfortable and watch TV or hang out with Brooklyn. But the more I followed my mom journey, I found the importance of surrounding yourself with other godly women that are also going through the same things as you are. It could encourage you. It could, um, you know, because sometimes we're like, man, I'm such a mess. And I'm by myself. And all these other moms are, like, have it all together. But no, I feel like we're all struggling in our own different ways, and it feels nice to be able to vent to one another. And just here in voice itself, I've found so many wonderful moms that I'm able to like reach out to and talk with, and they're just amazing, you know. And no, none of us look exactly the same. Some of us are stay-at-home moms. Some of them are, are amazing working moms. Um, so that's also been encouraging to see some of the moms that I've met that are like hardworking women that have like super amazing um, jobs, but then they have such an amazing relationship with their kids. And I'm like, it's possible for me. That's super encouraging for me. I'm like, I don't have to be this perfect stay-at-home mom. I can also have a job, but also come home and have a great relationship with my kids. So I would just encourage you to find, you know, those moms in even here or outside of here. Um, but there's some amazing moms. You know, we're 
I think we're made to be in community with each other. So I would just encourage you to find other moms that you can just hang out with, have play dates with their kids, and you guys can talk. But just importance to like be there for one another. Yeah, I think that really goes for for not just moms, but everybody. You know, like we're all going through different things in our life that it, we're not meant to go through them alone, and we just really need each other. And so I think that's why we have small groups here. A little small group plug. But, um, you know, that's why we have groups is so that you can have someone that is like-minded with you, that you can share what's going on in your heart and have someone to encourage you. Because I think, like Kathy mentioned, you know, our thoughts run away sometimes. And it's really easy to get stuck in our own heads. And so it's really important to be able to get that out and then for someone else to be like, hey, you know, that's not true. (laughs) And let me encourage you why. Um, And so I think that we all really need that. Um, but mine's a little bit different um, when, so mine is more about like um, being okay with making mistakes. And um, so when our, when Brooklyn was little, um, like Taka kind of said, she came out and like just, she was amazing. I, she couldn't do anything else for me to like love her more. She just was like this little human who just ate and slept and filled her diaper, and that was, I'm like, you're the coolest thing that ever happened, and then um, when, and I remember feeling God's love so much in that moment, just about, especially in regards to performance, and I think um, it's not a bad thing to do your best. We should always be doing our best, but I think sometimes we get wrapped up in um, performing and, like, making sure we're doing all the right things or we're, we're enough, you know, and I think sometimes, um, we think we're not enough for God or we haven't done enough. And, and um, in that moment, I remember just this overwhelming feeling of, see, she does nothing and how much you love her. Like, that's how I feel about you too. I'm like totally obsessed with you and you haven't, you don't have to do anything for that. And so I remember that being such a big deal. And then even more so when she began to walk and, um, she started, like, you know, falling down. And, you know, as a parent, you're never like, oh, what the heck? Why are you falling? You know, but sometimes we're like that to ourselves, you know, and you're like, oh, what the heck? You're falling down again? Or we think God is, like, mad at us when we, like, fall down and make mistakes. But as her parent, watching her fall down, I was like, it's okay. Pick her back up and then put her back on her way. And she probably does it 45 more times that day. And doesn't actually start walking. You know, it's, it's, that's part of growing up. And it's just, I think sometimes as uh, believers, too, we, we have to remember that, like, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to have bad days. You're going to, it takes time to get to where you're trying to grow into. And um, just in that moment, like, watching her fall down, it, I, I do remember God saying to me, like, don't worry about those mistakes you made today because you know how you're picking her up. I'm picking you up too. And so I think that was just a really big moment for me. I remember that so clearly. And I I remember that just like changing a lot of things for me and stop being so hard on myself and stop viewing God as being so hard on me as well because I think some of us have this view of God as this God who's like ready to like strike down the punishment, you know, and we do the do anything wrong or bad, but his grace and his patience just don't run out, like, ever, and he's just there always to pick us up when we've fallen, and as long as we are ready to get back up and keep going, we'll get there, you know, and so um, 
I just think like to encourage you that um, even on your really, really rough days, there's grace for the next moment, hour, day, week, month, year. He's not, it doesn't run out. So, yeah. That's good. Well, let's end uh, with you guys being fully known. So here's some uh, lightning round questions that are very important. Uh, don't overthink it, uh, especially if you're an overthinker. Uh, we just want to know the, the real answers, whether we know we can trust you as, as people or not. Uh, first question is this, is cereal soup? Is cereal soup? <laughs> it's very important. This is in the Bible. No? No. I don't know. She's an overthinker. I would say no. Yeah, okay, good. Ariel and Kathy, thank you. Uh, it's wet. It's huh? wet and there's stuff in it. Isn't that what soup is? You say you don't know. You say, do you say no or I don't know? Oh, I think this deserves discussion. <laughs> overthinker. You should see where we're in and out. I'm like, babe, there's like three things you can choose from. Okay, uh, next question. Favorite TV show, quickly. Alias. Oh, that's a good one. My go-to is Friends. Friends? Overthinker? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I can't choose. <laughs> uh, toilet paper, over or under? There's a the right answer. Over. Over? Over. I would say over. Okay, amen. Over, people? Raise your hand. Under, people? Hang your head in shame? Yeah? Okay, all right. Uh, second to last question, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Oh, yeah, we had answer. I feel like it's its own category. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's okay. Kathy's dad don't know this time. <laughs> Last question. Favorite dessert? A chocolate eclair. Oh. Oof. <laughs> so many. I would say. So many choices. Ooh, a creme brulee or just ice cream. Creme brulee a la mode. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I got it. Fruit tart. Ooh, fruit good. tart. Okay. What Natalie means is in the Midwest, there's a thing called a fruit pizza. Uh, <laughs> which, whatever you say that here, people are like, oh, what? I'm sorry. Okay, can we, can we uh, show our appreciation for the gals? You guys can find your seats. <laughs> All right, we're, we're closing down here. I remember, um, see you guys will remember this. Uh, I remember when I was little, and my dad was like a superhero. You guys remember that stage? He was so tall uh, compared to you because, you know, you're down here, so you're always looking up at them, and you can hang on his arms. And my dad uh, did martial arts, and he would, um, stereotypical, but he did, and he would uh, walk around handstand. He could walk up and down on his handstand, up and down stairs on his hands. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, I'm like Spider-Man's kid. This is like the coolest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> And I remember having the epiphany when I got older were the first moment where I saw my dad as frail. You guys remember them? Some of you guys, your parents were getting older or you remember watching them get older and it was like this weird moment, wasn't it, where you're going, you're not a superhero anymore. You're, you're human. You, you have fears. Like you have weaknesses. I remember, I'll never forget the moment where I looked down at my hand. I don't know what the situation was. Uh, but I looked down, I'm like, that's my dad's hand. That's not like a young person's hand. That's my dad's hand. And I feel like I'm transforming uh, into him. And uh, when I wear, you know, some old tennis shoes and mow the lawn, I know my transformation will be complete. Uh, but 
it just reminds me now when I'm looking at my parents and they're still stubborn and they're still go-getters, but they're uh, definitely in the twilight years. And just reminds me that I'll be there one day too, or we'll all be there one day too. And that's not a thing to mourn. I just think it's, it's something just to keep in the back of our heads because scarcity brings clarity. Like you, only, you only value something when you realize you have a limited supply of it, right? When you realize something is limited, then you value it more. It's why, we, why gold has a lot of value and sand doesn't, right? So you have, there's a limited number of breaths you're going to take, limited number of days you're going to live. 10 out of 10 people die, man. You're going to breathe your last breath. It's on a counter somewhere. So make them count. Make them count. Make every day matter. Make every relationship matter. And I, I think as the common theme we saw when the, the ladies were talking were life is relationships. Life is just relationships. You, none of them talked about, man, my favorite part of being a mom was, uh, man, getting my kitchen remodeled. I got a new car. Got more stuff, that vacation. Like it, it was all relationships. And I think the older we get, the more we realize life is relationships, not stuff. And so uh, with that, I hope you are leaving encouraged. Hope you're leaving uh, full. Hope you laughed a little bit. Um, and again, I know some of us, when we think about maybe you don't have a great relationship with your mom. Or you're a mom and you feel like you've, you haven't done a great job. Just remember, um, there's a whole lot of grace. There's a whole lot of grace. If you feel like you're imperfect and you've messed up, you're in good company. We're all there. We're all there. All of us, even the most, uh, you know, per the person in the room who feels like you have it all together. If we had a screen where we were showing some of your low moments in life, none of us would feel like we are all that in a bag of chips, right? We All of us would be like, we need grace. We need grace. We need a Savior. So uh, with that, would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for us and let's, let's sing this song. Uh, together. God, we just thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. Um, God, I pray that um, we would learn more how to love, learn more how to reconcile, learn more how to build relationships. God, would you help us to enjoy the stuff of our lives, but really invest into the relationships, invest into the things that matter. For those that are estranged uh, from relationships that matter, and there's tension there and there's, there's some baggage there. God, I pray, would you help us to reconcile if it's all possible? Help us to forgive where we need to forgive. God, help us to make uh, actions where we need to take action. We trust you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's